We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome to the Morning Grind. I'm Dean. Uh, in just a second, we're going to talk to Notorious about the Charles Schwab Challenge, where uh, we're going to talk about how to win a million bucks this weekend on DK playing golf. And look at this seamless segue. We want to thank our friends over at DraftKings because, again, the qualifying fantasy golf millionaire contest that starts Thursday, June 11th, users can compete for $1 million as a top prize. The winner will also be awarded with a ticket for free entry into the Fantasy Tournament of Champions Final. Now, the Fantasy Tournament of Champions Final, that's going to be held during the big game in Tampa. Now, the users will compete for another million-dollar top prize there. Eligibility restrictions do apply, and see DraftKings.com for details. Without further ado, let's talk to Noto about golf. Welcome back to the Morning Grind. This is Dean with you once again. No, it's not Stevie. Of course, this is Stevie's podcast. I'll be back with you soon enough. Uh, of course, he's knocking out all the NASCAR content. If you guys want to hit him up with that, you know where to find it on rotogrinders.com. Speaking of content, this week we have a millionaire maker going down in the golf worlds and the golf streets, which means we got to bring in the OG himself, Derek Farnsworth. You guys know him as Notorious Noto. I assume you are giddy. I assume you're excited at the prospect of a million maker or PGA golfers, none of which are on the Outlaw Tour. These are real golfers. Hey, 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 you watch your mouth. Uh, Outlaw Tour is where it's at. I actually got my Outlaw Tour hoodie on uh, for those of you watching the video. No, but uh, I'm definitely excited to have PGA back, and you know, this is the most work I've done uh, in the last couple of days and I have in the last few months, uh, maybe combined. I don't know. Uh, I've done a bunch of articles. <laughs> and, uh, you know, here at Road Grinders, I think this is the most PGA content we've ever had. We brought on Tambo, uh, and then we got our usual stuff from, you know, Ray Kachik and Trey and STL. Uh, so everyone's uh, pumped. Everyone's ready to go. And I typically don't like to fire at the Millie Maker, but, hey, it's been months. Uh, we got to get going. Let's, let's go. Why do you not like firing at the Millie Maker? Myself, personally, it's, I don't like contests that are top-heavy. And uh, last week was MMA, which I think was two and a half mil and one mil at the top, which is 40%. This is $3 million. And uh, $20 to buy in, one mil at the top, which is a 33%. Is that the same sort of justification, the same sort of reasoning? Like you're almost definitely going to lose money in this contest? <laughs> yeah, essentially, uh, what's the buy-in this week, 20 or 25? 20. So I'm paying three grand to hope to have a sweat. 
on Sunday. So I, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to do it because, you know, it's uh, the first one back in a while, but I generally treat it as a sunk cost and <laughs> hope the rest of my lineups uh, kind of pay for it. Yeah. Uh, and you're shooting for some upside and some people just look at it as entertainment. Like you said, you're paying for the potential of a sweat. Let's run that down real quick before we break down the, uh, what is this? The Charles Schwab, uh, what do we call this? There you go. The Charles Schwab challenge. I believe it's in Texas. Um, yeah, I, I was checking that out as well too. Let's give a shout out to the podcast because Tyler Tambo was on this podcast earlier, uh, about a week or so ago. And you mentioned as far as the video, we are not just on the podcast feed, we're on YouTube as well. There are lots of fun inter- interviews on there that are evergreen. You guys can check those out too. But yeah, uh, Tyler's podcast, that's the Fantasy Degenerates. Is that, am I butchering that? Is that correct? Yep. Fantasy Degenerates podcast. Uh, your article, I was taking a peek at that before we went live here as well. Uh, the core plays, uh, what else is up there? Oh, I was also checking out the expert survey. Like you said, there's five different experts listed in there, including, including Tambo and STL cards and yourself. Uh, additionally, there's the, the lineup HQ. And is this new or is this something I've never noticed before? I was looking at the lineup HQ and there's win probability, top 10, top 20%, the chance to make me a cut. Is this just something I've never seen? I'm not a <laughs> golf guy to be clear. So I, I was not aware of the existence of this existence of this, if it was a thing before. Yeah. So in lineup HQ, all that stuff's been there before. Um, you know, we've had our own projections up there for a while with all the probabilities, which is really nice. Uh, the conviction plays that Tambo's doing, that's new. Uh, those tags are up there. And then you have your GPP article from STL, your value article from Red Kachik. Um, there's four free articles out there for those of you that uh, aren't premium members. Um, I wrote two of them, one on projections, one on salary analysis. STL has a nice uh, preview article for the course. And then uh, my first look, which has course history and Vegas odds and salaries is always free every week. So uh, regardless of, you know, if you're a premium member or not, there's a lot of good content out there. And there's also a premium podcast, correct? Yes. Uh, the premium show, we recorded it last night. It should be live now. Uh, DFS for drive for show, DFS for dough. I get that wrong every single time. Uh, so that <laughs> one's out. Uh, and then the Degenerate podcast is free. Uh, that should be up uh, on our feed as well. So uh, a lot of good stuff. And then the lineup HQ show with Tambo. Uh, I'll be doing that tomorrow. Uh, that's a weekly thing that he'll be doing. Uh, he'll just be rotating us experts in and out, uh, kind of looking at different player pools and building some millimaker lineups. So that should be a lot of fun. If I did not expose myself already, as far as not being a, a golf expert, I'm not a golf expert. So anything notice says, listen to him, do not listen to me. I'm just <laughs> going to be asking some questions. Hopefully they make sense. Um, it's my understanding, the research that I have done. That the, the, so we, this is kind of an unprecedented situation, obviously, where a lot of these guys have not golfed in a long time. Does that and people are suggesting that makes this uh, kind of a wild card and just kind of a, a little more guesswork this week uh, as far as trying to figure out who's going to do well, who's not going to do well, who was staying in golf shape, who was getting their hacks in, who wasn't. Is this something you're considering as far as building lineups this week? Yeah, uh, it's definitely more of a you know qualitative week than quantitative week. There's a lot of uh, factors that I typically don't look at. I'm kind of scouring social media pages to see if guys have been practicing, <laughs> see if they've been grinding. Uh, we've had a couple guys come out and say that they've just struggled to stay motivated. Uh, Adam Hadwin's one of them. He was one of the guys that uh, would look good in my projections at first, but I might have to talk myself out of him. John Rahm in his press conference today said he hadn't touched a club in seven weeks. Uh, so that's a little concerning. Um, you know, he's one of the more expensive guys in the field. Uh, doesn't mean he can't come out and win, but uh, the fact that he took that long of a layoff uh, is a little worrisome. And then you have other guys that have been playing – uh, in these mini tour events, you know, a couple of them played in the Arizona one. Uh, there have been two mini tour events in uh, Texas, a couple in Florida as well. So 
Uh, this is the kind of stuff that, you know, could be the difference maker. But if you have a strong take one way or another, I'm not going to talk you out of it. You know, I've heard some people say target the guys with no kids because they've been out on the course. But <laughs> I mean, I, I just can't, uh, you know, look up how many kids everyone has and then make my lineups based off that. But a lot of different narratives you can take this week. Yeah, uh, it's really interesting as far as that route. Um, and like you said, you can tell a story any way you want to tell it, but you can manipulate it any way you like. And sure, you can play the results depending on and say, well, that's the reason why they won because they don't yeah. have any kids. And, uh, much easier when it's all said and done, I suppose. That's interesting as far as Rom saying he hasn't touched the club in seven weeks. He's the second most expensive guy. We'll talk about him soon enough. Uh, talk to me about this course. Uh, what is distinct about this course? What kind of golfers do I want on this course? Yeah, so this is what I would call a plotter's course. And what I mean by that is it's a little bit shorter. Uh, the fairways are pretty narrow. There's a lot of trouble if you're too wild off the tee. So a lot of golfers aren't going to be hitting a ton of drivers. And uh, when that happens, um, you know, it kind of takes the elite's biggest weapon out of the play. So Rory McIlroy, Rom, JT, all of them, you know, gain a ton of strokes off the tee because they're really good with their driver. Then you have a lot of shorter guys like Jordan Spieth, Kevin Na, Kevin Kisner, uh, historically, they really struggle off the tee. They're not the longest hitters, but they do compete at this track because you don't really need to hit it too far here. So it's more of a second shot golf course. If you're looking at, uh, you know, one strokes gain stat, I would look at strokes gain approach over the other three. I do think around the green is going to be important. The greens are pretty hard to hit and we're not going to have the grandstands this week. There's no fans in attendance. So, you know, golfers aren't going to be able to you know hit it off of the grandstands if it they shoot it over the green it's going to go way over the green and that's something they're not going to be used to so there's going to be more scrambling opportunities uh green regulation i think is going to be key and then uh, if you like putting splits um i'm sure you're big into putting splits dean uh <laughs> these these greens are <laughs> bent grass um so if you want to look at that i certainly don't mind it there's certain there's you know a handful of guys that typically play a lot better on bent grass than they do on bermuda or poa so there's normally grandstands and sometimes when players shank a, shank the ball uh, the grandstands will save them because it stops them essentially. So you, uh, if you screw up, you're more likely to get penalized for your screw up basically is what you're suggesting. Yeah. And uh, you know, you won't be able to bounce it off fans heads. We see, we see that every <laughs> single week. Uh, and then also like wild drives. I think that we should have a few more lost balls this week. Cause typically when somebody hits it, you know, way offline, you know, all the fans will run towards the ball and circle it. I don't know if you've seen that happen. It's, it's quite, it's like they've never seen a golf ball before. <laughs> Uh, 20 people just run after a ball and just make a circle out of it. Nobody's going to be yelling Baba Booey. How does that change things? Yeah, that's true too. Um, <laughs> and, and maybe for round four showdown, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but um, you know, if some of the younger guys are in one of the final groups, you know, maybe they're not as nervous without all the fans and you know all that outside pressure. So that's something to keep an eye on. And uh, you know, Devin told us to mention the round four showdown. Uh, uh, Tambo is going to be doing a, a video for that as well. So that will be uh up on saturday night probably is that premium or irregular you're not really sure pretty sure it's premium but i'm not 100 percent positive fair enough um hey your boy tiger's not playing is it is a is it a strong field because i recognize a lot of these names is this are most of the regular guys playing i know tiger's not playing is up to something else i suppose but uh first of all that's your guy what are you gonna do like what's plan b now <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of good that he's not playing. Uh, when he plays, I have to have him in my main lineup. That's just how it is. Um, he's the one guy that I have a bias for that I can't get over. Um, you know, if he were to win a, an event and not be in my lineup, I would be uh, pretty upset. So he's not playing. Um, Adam Scott's not playing. Patrick Cantley's not playing. But pretty much all the other elites are here. Uh, and that's typically not the case for this tournament because, like I said, this is a plotter's course. And typically the, the guys like Rory don't really like to play these courses. They like to play the big courses where – 
they have a bigger edge. So uh, it should be interesting with all these big names. So a lot of these guys would typically skip it, but because I guess they're antsy, they've been sitting around for a long time, they're going to give it a go. Is that what you're suggesting? Yep, exactly. Um, all right. Uh, so DK traditionally, not golf, I can't speak to golf at least, uh, when they do their millionaire makers, a lot of times they will fudge salaries and make it so that the average Joe can get a lineup they like. They make it a guys a little bit cheaper. Uh, how like loose or tight is the cap this week? I think it's pretty good. Um, I don't think DraftKings necessarily tries to do that on purpose. It's just that in the majors, there's so many good golfers that it just feels like your lineups are easier to make because, you know, the guys that are 80 to one are golfers that you know instead of guys that you don't know in a typical tournament. So uh, I think the pricing is pretty good. Um, There's not any particularly obvious values and there's a lot of good plays in the 7K range. So you're definitely going to like the way your lineups look, uh, which is definitely good for million makers because that means you're going to be adding more. Yeah, I was looking at the expert survey, and I, I don't know how – I think this guy's kind of cheap. No, he's not even that cheap, actually. Uh, who's your favorite, favorite golfer for cash? For some reason, I thought he would be cheaper than he actually was. But uh, Webb Simpson, I'm not going to give away the entire expert survey, obviously, but just something I saw on there I thought was kind of interesting. Four out of five guys, including yourself, say Webb Simpson is your favorite game, uh, favorite player for cash. Why is that? So if you want to take any of the guys at the top, you certainly can. You know, Rory's the best player in the world. Rom, uh, I do worry about what he said, but he does have two top fives here. JT, one of the best players in the world. And then Bryson struggles at this course, uh, but he has been practicing a lot. The safest of the bunch for me is Webb, and he's cheaper than the other four. Uh, he has two top fives here as well. Um, he's not the longest off the tee. He's one of those guys that hits fairways. He's good with his irons, and then he's one of the best uh, on and around the greens. So. I think that's really going to play this week uh, in an interview I heard with him. He said it reminds him of the courses he played growing up. He loves these greens, um, loves these uh, shorter tracks where you can't really take care or take advantage of the par fives. There's only two par fives this week. So uh, again, that uh, definitely hurts the bombers more than the shorter hitters. So I think Webb's going to be the safest play of the bunch. This is golf. Uh, there's a ton of variance involved. He could come out and, uh, you know, miss the cut. But I think he's the, the best option if you only make one lineup and you want to, you know, start with a more balanced approach. How many lineups you plan on making this week? So I generally do one main that I put into all the single entry, three max stuff uh, and some double ups. So I play a little bit of double ups and then uh, I'll probably do uh, 100 to 150 in the Millie Maker. Oh, you mentioned JT, Justin Thomas. I think it was him that had this quote. Uh, maybe it was somebody else, one of the big-name golfers I recognized. They, uh, he was commenting about uh, Mike being mic'd up. Uh, and I guess I feel like uh, – this is my guess here. Again, amateur, golf, novice, whatever you want to call me. Uh, it was a popular thing during the Peyton Manning, you know, uh, Brady thing. And uh, TV ratings were huge, and people loved the, the, the conversation stuff. Is that something they're talking about in golf as, as far as having these guys mic'd up to some degree? So they had JT uh, Mike that he was the commentator of the on-course commentator. He wasn't actually playing. So he was just out there, you know, with the microphone, just making fun of him the whole time. Um, that's probably what you're referring to, but he was great. I mean, he was better than the guys that they have on the, on the TV trucks now. So uh, I don't think they're going to be um, doing that, you know, with actual players, uh, Yeah, but it would be fun. Uh, he it would be fun. It'd make for a better product though. Yeah. and just all the sports I would imagine. You will be able to hear, you know, the golfers talk at least a little bit more without any crowds. So that'll be fun. I think there's four PGA Tour live groups, um, featured groups that are going to be available to watch in addition to the TV coverage. So I'll definitely be checking those out as well. Oh, that's pretty cool. Like different stations that are showing the same thing. Yeah, you just have to go online and they have uh, four different groups, two in the morning, two in the afternoon for Thursday and Friday. And then uh, they'll probably mix it up on Saturday. 
Did you like Barkley talking smack to uh, Brady? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I missed uh, when it actually happened, but uh, I thought it was pretty good. I love Chuck. I don't know why. I just – I think he's – He's a good personality. Yeah. You don't always have to agree with him, but he's a good personality. Yeah, he's exactly. Fun to have around. Um, all right. Oh, by the way, you mentioned the two different groups. Uh, is, is, I know we're recording this on Tuesday morning. Thursday, of course, is when the tournament starts. Uh, any issues with weather as far as we can tell? Do we need to off right now? That's a good question. Let me check that right now, actually. Oh, well, we can. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you figure that in the fly, and we'll, we'll get back to that, I suppose. Uh, stars and scrubs are balanced lineup, but what's our general approach right now? So in the Millie Maker, I'll always have a mix of both um, because you're able to, you know, mix different exposures. But uh, for my main lineup, I think I'm going to be starting with Webb. Uh, and because I do, it'll be more balanced. Uh, you can play Webb. You can play two guys in the 9K range or you can pair them up with two guys in the 8K range and then still have an average salary of around, you know, 72 to 75, which is kind of the sweet spot for me. There's uh, 10 golfers or so in that $300 price range that I think are really good options. Um, amongst the big boys, uh, you know, we mentioned some of the names kind of ran them down. We talked about uh, Ron, Aram, I'm sorry, JT and, and Simpson, uh, McElroy up top. Who's your least favorite? Who's the guy you're most likely to favor that's, that's expensive? Probably going to be Bryson DeChambeau. Um, I'm really high on him in the immediate future, but this is kind of uh, the worst track for him. You know, he's bulked up over the last year. I think he's gained 40 or 50 pounds. Um, I don't know if you've seen him, but uh, he, he's now the longest hitter on tour. Uh, and he's just spending his whole uh, quarantine just trying to hit it as far as he can. He just keeps posting videos of himself swinging as hard as he can. Uh, I don't think that's really going to play this week. And uh, the fact that he's missed three or four cuts here probably doesn't help either. So I'm hoping he misses the cut this week, misses the cut next week, and then I can fire him up at a tournament where he actually can use that driver. Yeah, I just Google imaged him. I was expecting like a John Daly type. And I guess he's just strong, right? We're talking about muscles. Yeah, so he's pretty big. Uh, he's decided to have a gymnast body is what he wants to do, which I didn't think gymnasts were that. I guess they're pretty buff. But oh, they're he, strong. He's, he's just trying to no put fat. on weight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just don't know how it translates to golf. I have no idea, but and we'll see he's how funny. that plays out for him. He's always fighting with Brooks Kepka about who's stronger, and <laughs> Kepka calls him fat. He's, he's always the guy asking how much you bench. Yeah. <laughs> how would you bench? Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, let's kind of work our way down here as far as some other questions I had loaded up for you. All right. So uh, general cash plays. I know you like Simpson and other guys that can sort of like a uh, salary savers. What do you have that can kind of make things work for you? All right. So uh, in the mid seven Ks, so many options. Um, like I mentioned, Harris English is probably my favorite. Uh, he was playing really well before the break. He's uh, one on tour number of times, uh, you know, five plus years ago. And then he just struggled, struggled, struggled. Um, the last six months, eight months or so, he's really turned his game around. Uh, even when he struggled, he had top 30 finishes at this event in three straight years. Uh, he's already got five top tens this season. Uh, at the Players' Championship, when before it got canceled, he got out to a 65. So he was six or seven under uh, after the first day. One of the better guys in terms of green regulation. Everyone's betting him, so he will be uh, pretty popular. So, um if you don't like chalk, I probably wouldn't play him, but uh, he's probably my favorite option there. Uh, moving down a little bit, uh, 7,400, there's three guys that I really like. Billy Horschel, he's just one of those guys that uh, is solid. He's going to make a lot of cuts. Uh, he can gain strokes off the tee, on approach, on and around the greens. Doesn't really have a weakness in his game, which is always nice. Uh, Benny on is a DFS fan favorite because he can't putt. He's great everywhere else, and then he misses three-foot putts like crazy. Um, in my stat model here, he's 138th in this field in putting, and there are 148 golfers in the field. So that just goes to show you how bad he is at putting. 
but that makes it more fun when you're watching him on Shot Tracker. You have to really pay attention. <laughs> if he's 20 it depends how you find fun, but I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> if he's 20 feet out, he might take three or four putts to get in there. Um, Is that the uh, Billy Madison approach? Yeah. Or Happy uh, Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. Yeah, yeah I get go. my movies confused sometimes. <laughs> so I like him. And then I got the home course guy, Ryan Palmer. He actually hopped on the Action Network podcast uh, with Sobel and CSU Ram this week and this is his home course and he's played well here in the past he says if he could bet on himself he would this week so uh take that for what you will they won't let him bet on himself that's what he said i don't i don't know why why can't he bet on himself huh whatever i don't know <laughs> all right they let sylvester salone bet on himself and over the top <laughs> it's probably because they have head-to-head matchups so i mean he could bet against himself yeah, I, I, I don't, don't know. It's probably I, for the it's best. Probably safe. <laughs> just, yeah, <laughs> I'm just starting a controversy for no particular if reason. He, if he wins, he'll be just fine money wise. Okay, so you mentioned Palmer. This is his home course, and I meant to kind of ask this because you're talking about uh, this is a course that a lot of the big names just wouldn't play. Uh, and I, I think uh, it's my understanding that that course history is something that people look at. Uh, are a lot of these guys just have no course history because they just said, "Nah, pass. I'm going to chill. I'm going to stay home because I don't want to go to Texas for this lame tournament." Yeah, a lot of guys. So uh, Gary Woodland, Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, uh, Dustin Johnson. I don't have any course history for them over the last five years. So, um, And another note that I wanted to make about course history is there's a lot of mediocre players with good course history that I probably wouldn't buy into as much this week because the field typically isn't this strong. You know, you typically don't have the Rory's in this field. Um, a guy like Kevin Chway uh, tends to make the cut here every year, but it's a much softer field. And it's typically only 120 golfers. This week, there's 148. Um, they kind of let more golfers in just because it's the first tournament back. So I would be a little iffy to just completely trust course history. There's certain guys that you can look at, um, you know, like your Spies and Kevin Nas, uh, those type that always play well here. But for the most part, I am weighing course history less than I usually would. And I'm using some comp courses. Um, if you want to check those out, I like Harbortown and I like uh, the old white TPC as comp courses. Um, that way you kind of get a, a broader perspective of guys that play well on shorter par 70s compared to just this course in particular. When you jump from 120 to 148, does the cut expand as well, I assume? Nope. Cut's still top 65 and ties. Oh, okay. Interesting. So, so, so some weeks, you know, you'll have a high 66 percentage depending on the field size and depending on, you know, how the chalk does. And then other weeks you'll have, you know, where one or 2% of the field only gets all their golfers through the cut. Um, that's kind of what I'm hoping for this week. Give me some guys that uh, you don't necessarily trust for cash, but are interesting from a variance perspective. You like them in tournaments. All right. That's a good question. I will go. Maybe like the guy Rick... that's putting all over the place. If, he's, if his putting is on, like that kind of thing. I don't, I don't know why I'm giving you advice. Go ahead. You answer the question. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go uh, Ricky Fowler. Um, I'm going to be eating a lot of chalk in the 7K range, like I mentioned. Fowler, we currently have him projected for 8% ownership, uh, which is pretty crazy. He's typically a fan favorite, but um, he just hasn't played his best golf. He won last year in Phoenix and hasn't really done much since. But he's been grinding out there uh, during this break. He's been playing one-on-one with Justin Thomas uh, pretty much every single day out there in Florida, and he's beaten him more times than not. Uh, and then he played in the match with uh, Matthew Wolf, Dustin Johnson, and Rory McIlroy. And I thought he looked better than the other three. Um, he's one of those guys that very good on and around the greens. Um, his driver can be a little wild. So I think that will help him at a course where he's not going to have to hit a lot of them. Um, and if he's going to be less than 10% owned, I think that's a uh, really good option for tournaments. How about somebody in the mid-tier, somebody in the 7Ks or so? 7Ks. 
So I think a lot of people are going to be on Jordan Spieth uh, and Kevin Na just because they do have such good course histories. I'll include them in my MME player pool, but they're not going to be contrarian by any means. Um, You know, Spieth's one of the more uh, up and down golfers uh, in terms of DFS. You either love him or hate him. Uh, He's got the good course history, but he hasn't played well in, you know, a year or so. So I don't know what to do with him. Um, But in terms of the other 7K tournament option i will go with ian poulter uh he's very he's more of a safe guy but i don't think his ownership is going to be too high because you do have a lot of options right there uh neiman benion horschel all going to be pretty popular english as i mentioned earlier is going to be popular so ian poulter i think he's going to fly under the radar he's a euro tour guy Um, he's a guy that americans love to hate because he always uh, beats us in the Ryder cup he's sort of their version of patrick reed uh, in the Ryder cup that just gets their side fired up talks a lot of trash uh, but he's one of those grinders. He's going to come out. He's going to make the cut. Um, and he's coming off of four straight top 35 finishes. So I think uh, he's a really interesting option at 7,300. Yeah, we should say, again, this podcast being recorded on Tuesday, you referenced ownership percentage. And, you know, th- those kind of things are fluid and that changes. And it's going to be more uh, fine-tuned as we come closer and closer to the tournament. I pulled up the ownership percentage uh, as of right now. Our current high-percentage zone guy is Rom, then McElroy, Simpson, and Scheffler. Uh, any of those guys are taking a particular stand down are going to be severely overweight or just fade altogether or probably not? Oh man. I I'm like you, I like the chalk, um, and pretty much all sports. Um, I don't really have a strong take either way. You know, Rom's comments today worry me a little bit, but I'll still have some, I'll definitely have some of Rory as far as Scheffler goes, you know, we talk about form and golf a ton and he's one of the guys that has actually been playing competitive golf. He played in the two Texas mini tour events and he finished uh, first in one and second in the other. Uh, he's from Dallas. He's been inching closer to a win. This is his rookie season. So I think, uh, you know, that high ownership is warranted just because uh, he's one of the few guys that we actually know is in good form and that we actually know has been playing at a competitive level. Give me somebody that's like 7K and under, like in, in the garbage bin, I guess you can call it, to scrape in the barrel, that's going to make the cut. All right, so in general, I try to stay away from the 6K guys in my main lineup, so I would definitely try to stay above 7K if you can. Furek would probably be the cheapest guy I would put in, you know, a single-entry lineup. Uh, he really likes his course, and he's, he's an old man that should play well here. But in terms of under 7K, uh, I think Bud Colley is probably your safest option. He's really good around the greens. Uh, he's very hit or miss with his uh, driver, but he doesn't have to hit a lot of those. You have Andrew Putnam, who has two top 20s here. Uh, Jimmy Walker always plays well in Texas. He's never missed a cut here. I think he's interesting. And then uh, cheap guy, McKenzie Hughes, says he's been grinding on his game. Um, I don't really know what that means. You know, we're kind of just taking <laughs> these guys for, for what it's worth. But he did have an eighth-place finish here last year, and he says, uh, you know, he's been practicing a lot. And uh, from what it sounds like, you know, a lot of these golfers have just been taking advantage of the break, you know, relaxing, you know, getting their, getting their rest in. So I like that uh, we're at least hearing positives from him. I think when you say you're grinding in your game, I think that's the equivalent of like when players show up to spring training and say they're in the best shape of their life. Like yeah. I, just, I feel like that's what it is. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know if it'll translate. Um, and, and I'm just going to assume that no news is good news about a player. So if I don't hear them say that they've been practicing or not practicing, then I'm not going to worry about it. But the guys that come out and say that they haven't been practicing much are the ones I would worry about. You know, it's, is there anything – I know there's scratches sometimes happen in golf. Are we on edge or are we more alarmed for that right now considering the situation or it's just like the standard sort of uh, approach on that? I mean, it's really tough. Uh, in terms of like 
you know, withdrawn because of the COVID, you know, there's a couple guys that you might want to worry about if somebody happens to come down with it and they continue on with the event, you know, CT Pan withdrew from the players. He was the first one to withdraw. Um, he withdrew before the round one even started and then they eventually canceled it. Uh, Mark Leishman, his wife's had a lot of, uh, you know, uh, illnesses. So, you know, he might be a guy that is a little more cautious uh, if something ends up, somebody ends up testing positive. Uh, and then you have the natural withdraw guys. You have uh, Kevin Na and Louis Ustazen. They just love to, if they get off to a bad start, they're out of there. So, okay, explain this to me because I, I feel like I understand this, but I, I don't know for certain. If you don't make the cut, you don't get paid. So they just like say, you know, I'm not going to make the cut, so I'm going to get out of here basically? Yeah, uh, and then they usually blame it on a back injury or – it's, I mean, it's like NBA and, rest, basically. Yeah. There was uh, one of the more famous WDs was in the first time they played in Mexico. Uh, Henrik Stenson drank the water and uh, had the shits on the course. So he had to get out of there. And he was the most popular player of the week. So that wasn't very fun. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, at least, yeah, at least he was feeling the pain. Well, different kind of pain that you're feeling with your roster, I suppose. Uh, is there anybody that you're afraid, uh, like the guy you're afraid of fading, or the guy you're afraid of being underweight on? Who's the one that's scary, scariest to fade? For me, probably going to be Patrick Reed. Uh, he was playing really well before the break. Uh, he's got good course history here. Rates out really well in my model. Rates out well in our projections here at Roto Grinders. I just, I never get him right. Every time I play him, he's terrible. And every time I don't, he plays good. So. Uh, I'm planning to have very limited exposure. That means he will probably play pretty well. Who's winning this bad boy? I know, I know you guys pick in the expert survey. You pick one through three. You pick the podium. Uh, give me the winner. So I like Webb. Um, you know, he's down to 21 to one. I think he's an interesting bet. Uh, long shots. I like Ryan Palmer and Harris English, who we talked about. They're like 60 to 70 to one, depending on what book you have. And then my wild card winner is going to be uh, Ricky Fowler. Um, he needs to get back in the winner's circle. Nobody's going to be on him. So that'll be my wild card winner. If you bet those four, I think uh, hopefully you'll have a sweat at least on Sunday. What's the, who's the favorite? You have the Vegas odds in front of you? Yeah, Rory's about 7-1, to one, and then Rom 11-1, to one, JT 14-1, to one, and then a pretty big gap after those three. I think uh, FanDuel Sportsbook is having uh, – they juiced up the odds for those three. So you can get those three to win at plus 375, which is uh, pretty good. You get them as a package as long as one yeah. of them hits? Yeah, you get a package deal. Um, and they juice it up on purpose. Uh, I still don't necessarily love it because they are all bombers, and this is kind of a shorter track, but at least you get better odds. If you just want to make one bet and cheer for it, I mean, four to one for the top three favorites is pretty good. Did you have a chance to check that weather on the fly? Yeah, so it looks like it's going to be pretty uh, pretty calm. Uh, max of around 10 mile per hour winds the first two days, so not really seeing a weather edge at the moment. Um, there could be some thunderstorms on Thursday night. So if that ends up happening, you know, maybe the course is a little softer for the guys out there on Friday morning. Um, so keep on that. I'll just check Ross thing like I do every week. Yeah, yeah. Hit, hit up Kevin Roth, Chief Meteorologist here at Rotor Grinders, obviously. Uh, anything else you want to say as far as this tournament? And then, again, feel free to reiterate and tell the people what's out there as far as the podcast. We'll look forward to, especially if you are an RG premium member. Uh, I think that's it as far as golf content. Uh, we have plenty of it for you here at Roto Grinders. Again, uh, we have free articles. Um, there's four of them out there this week, and then uh, at least five or six premium articles, as well as you know three or four premium shows, podcasts, pretty much everything you could need. Um, definitely check the ownership projections by Trey. He's one of the best in the business, and he's constantly updating those every single day. I think this week, more than any week, uh, ownership's going to be reflected by how many touts or 
touting certain golfers because we don't really know form and all that stuff. So if a player is brought up on three different podcasts, it's probably going to spike his ownership. I do worry about that with Ryan Palmer. Um, my, my friend sent me the link to the Action Network podcast and immediately I was like, well, there's 5% more ownership. because a lot of people are going to be listening to that. But uh, so check out those. Um, he'll finalize those on Wednesday. And then, uh, you know, hit up Lineup HQ. We got all of our tags there. Uh, it's just awesome. We have the probabilities, like you mentioned. I have my own ratings in there. Uh, we have the projections in there as well. And then, you know, you get to look at mine, Tambos, STLs, and Drew's favorite plays of the week. So I think there's a lot of good information. You can build lineups just using Lineup HQ itself. I actually added blurbs for about 15 different golfers if you just want to check those out too. Uh, and going forward, are we going to have golf every single week? Is that the plan? Every single week until uh, I think it just rolls right into the new season. So I think it's pretty much every week until December. And hopefully we get some outlaw tour as well. Um, I know a lot of you out there have loved <laughs> doing the outlaw and have made some money uh, out there. So uh, if they do have outlaw next week, I'll definitely get my projections up as well. Yeah, I didn't mean to besmirch it at the top of the show. No, I, 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 I was. I like that logo too that you were flashing earlier. The people watching a video that was pretty nice. Uh, the Outlaw Tour, and yeah, you know, let them have some fun, let them have a good time, and sharpen their game, and all that. And I'm all for the uh, the minor league. Uh, I don't know, is that the proper term? Minor league? They're still pros, I guess. This is like the the minor, minor, minor leagues, like below <laughs> single A baseball. <laughs> no, no, you're gonna be back every single week with me. Maybe, possibly. Yeah, let's do it. I got All nothing right. else to do until basketball starts. So cool. Let's do it. <laughs> you are booked. So the people know uh, you'll you'll be on here once a week going forward uh, to talk to talk outlaw, right? That's what, yeah, hey, that's, that's what the people want to hear. <laughs> Half these guys can be in the outlaw tour, and I would have no idea. I have I've never heard of Danny Lee. I don't think I'm just looking at the list. It's the first guy oh, I know. Actually, that's he's actually a pretty decent pick. Never missed a cut here. He won at the Greenbrier, which is uh, my comp course. So I like it. There Lock you go. him in, 100%. Dan, Danny Lee, that's my pick of the week. That's my, <laughs> not so much of an expert pick of the week. He's notorious. Uh, much appreciated. Where do we find you on Twitter if they don't know? They know. Just like, just in case, let them know. Uh, at RG underscore notorious. He's Dodo. I'm Dean. You've listened to The Morning Grind. Much appreciate it. We're out of here. Holler.